five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Fever Pitch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian. And I'm Dan. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. A lot has happened in these past few days, and we got a lot to talk about. So let's just hop straight into it. So did you hear the 49ers, after their 10-point lead was blown, they fired their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. Did you hear about this? They what? They fired Steve Wilkes. The DC. Yep. I don't understand this move because I feel like all the mistakes they made were kind of offensive related. I think the defense played great during this game. The the DC only allowed 25 points to Patrick Mahomes and he got fired. Yeah. Kyle Kyle Shannon still has a job. Yes, he does. The same coach, <laughs> the same coach Shanahan that blew a twenty-eight. To, he coached the offense that blew a twenty-eight to three lead in the uh, Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. This is the same Kyle Shanahan who, in twenty twenty, who was the DC in twenty twenty? They had a ten point lead in the twenty twenty Super Bowl against Kansas City. The same Kyle Shanahan blew a 10-point lead there, right? Who was yes. the DC that year? Uh, let's see. That was 2020. The defensive coordinator was... Oh, 2019, 2020. Defensive coordinator was Robert Sala. He's not the Jets head coach. So, Robert Sala has a job. Kyle Shanahan has a job. But Steve Wilson's fired. Um, He looks like us. So, he took the, he's a fall guy because he looks like us. And it's very disgusting because I think he did a very fine job. And the fact that he's taking the, he's getting the flag for this is ridiculous to me. Yeah. And to briefly give you his history as a coach, he's been coaching since the 90s. Hmm. Um, he was, he started off at Johnson C. Smith University. I think it's the it's like a Presbyterian affiliate affiliate. Oh, it's HBCU. Yeah, ninety five. Then he went to Savannah State, and then he became the head coach there. Illinois State, DB's coach, Appalachian State, a lot of colleges, and then around two thousand six, he became the DB's coaches for the Bears, then for the Chargers, Panthers. He was with the Panthers for a while, and then he got the head coach job in Arizona in 2018. And yeah, then it was the – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I remember. Uh, the Cardinals were in the rebuild, and they put the blame on him again, even though they were rebuilding. So I'm starting – as I look at things, I'm starting to think that Steve Wilkes has been the fall guy in a lot of situations. Because yeah. I think he's – at all, oh, a bad coach. Um, he's just been put in less than fortunate situations. And with this 49ers defense, I just don't think it's fair. And so when he was when he had the cup of coffee in Carolina, he, he took over for was it Frank Reich? I think it was Frank Reich. He's trash. I so what I think it was Frank Reich. Is this a Frank Reich or Matt Rule? I can check. Both of them are trash. Anyway, 
He picked up after week five, went six and six. I think that's solid. And that Panthers team wasn't that good. So I don't know why he had to take the heat there. He was a DC the he was he was a DC in Carolina in twenty seventeen. So he was, he was from he was familiar with um the unit and they finished six oh wait, that's turnover that's turnover about twelfth overall in points. Uh the Cardinals were in the rebuild, so they were awful. The mm-hmm. Browns in twenty nineteen, he was the DC, they were twenty second. And then in 2022, it was the head coach for Carolina. They were 23rd. This year, with with the uh, with the Niners, they were 30 points allowed in point differential, probably. So, was this his best showing? Yes. Is his track worker the little middle of the pack? Be that, even though it may be, I know a lot of coaches that get a lot of opportunities, even though the middle of the pack. I got Jeff Fisher, Jason Garrett. Amongst others, so he was obviously a fall guy. I think Kyle Shanahan pissed his pants, and they can't fire Kyle Shanahan because Mike Shanahan will raise hell. Because John Lynch used to play for Mike Shanahan when he was a Bronco. Mm-hmm. So and, John, and, and what is John? What is John Lynch's uh, position? John Lynch is, I believe, he's, he's the GM for the for the Niners. He's either GM or yeah, yeah. He's the GM for San Fran. Mm. He's been the GM there since 2017, mm-hmm. and he most recently took on the role of executive uh, president of football operations. So he's he's the big joker. He's the big joker there. Uh, he played for Mike Shanahan for four years, and he ended. And I'm pretty sure he won a ring with Denver, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. No, he he won a ring with Tampa before he went to Denver. So him letting him letting go of his former coach's son, that's not gonna blow well for him. So, so he can't. So fall guy, Steve Wilkes. Yeah, because even when you look at this season, the most points they allowed against themselves was versus it might have been the Ravens. Yeah. No. The most points was versus the Ravens, which were Highly considered the best team in the league. <laughs> against the powerhouse of the Cowboys, they allowed 10 points. Um, against the Jaguars, they allowed three points. Um, Eagles, 19 points. Most teams he's held under 20 points. Um, even the Rams, even when they lost, 21 points. So you mean to tell me his worst showing was against the second best team in football? And he fired him? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And even that considered, did you know that in all three Super Bowls that the Kansas City Chiefs have been in, they've never received a holding call, not in a single Super Bowl? You know, that's interesting. What do you think about (laughs) that? That is interesting. I know that Tampa Bay Super Bowl – no alignment were terrible. So they got I mean they they found a way to not get a holding call. It was obvious because uh Levante David and, and the and then the Buccaneers pass rush was getting home very fast. Mm-hmm. Um the other two San Francisco Super Bowls, if they kept Nick Boston in check without getting the holding call, I mean, hey, so be it. 
And then the Eagles Super Bowl, same thing with her, with her, uh, Hassan Reddick. Joe Tony is a great is a great uh offensive lineman. Donovan Smith, we spoke about Donovan Smith. He's a Super Bowl champion. He brought for Tom Brady. He's very capable. So, you know, there's holding on every drive, on every play, of every snap. So when the ref decides to throw his flag, it's up to him or her. Oh. So, even when you look at things in the totality, yes, Steve Wilkes had a very talented defense, but I think the defense did a good job. I think it was primarily the offense not producing and the special teams. There was one play that was questionable where Kyle Shanahan called a timeout because the coverage, uh, I think he was playing, I think they were running zone when they should have been running man during the Super Bowl. I forgot which quarter that was, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the only issue I saw. But besides that, I think Steve Volk should have a job in the league next season. If not as a defensive coordinator, maybe as like a DB coach, because that's where he has a lot of his experience. But yeah. um. It's unfortunate he had to be the fall guy because the true guy who should have been fired in this situation is Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Or yeah. even who's the OCU then? Kyle Shanahan calls the plays though. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. But it's like, even if you want to make it seem like something was changed, you could have fired Yeah, Chris Forrester or something. Mm-hmm. Or like just some other offensive mind there, because I don't know why Wildcats in hand had to let go of, you know, his his staff. Ironically enough, Clint Kubiak was the passing game specialist for San Fran. He took a job in New Orleans. He's going to be the OC for the Saints next year. So that's that. Um, but yeah, man, I just I just don't know. I think it's very interesting. Very interesting indeed because, yeah, and it's even said uh, the the headlines are saying um, that this is a very bad look for the 49ers, which I agree because with this high-powered defense and he was only there for one season. He yeah. was DC for one season and they got to the Super Bowl. I mean – I mean, you know, I think the the uh, the uh, narrative is going to be that the team was good without them, and the the team was good with them. They they were good without them, so without them, you know, as long as we keep the players, we'll be fine. Um, yeah. So Steve Wilson was let go. Anthony Lynn took a job. He was the assistant head coach and the run and the running back coach for San Fran. He took a job with the Commanders. Clint uh, Kubiak took the top, took the OC job with New Orleans. James Gregg is now the offensive line coach for Vegas, and Daryl Tapp is now the D line coach for Washington. As you know, Adam Peter Adam Peters is in the is the new GM in Washington, and he has he rubbed a lot of elbows in San Francisco. So he's pulling he's pulling from his from his niche a lot of nepotism nepotism hires. So. Heads are rolling, people are moving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. And speaking yeah. of 
things going on in the league right now. What do you think will happen with the Bears and this number one overall pick? There's been a lot of chatter about them trading this number one overall pick um, and building around Justin Fields, or the other route is they trade Justin Fields for picks and Justin Fields lands where? All right. So I have three viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, first one is the least likely one in my opinion. I think they keep Justin Fields and take Marvin Harrison at the one on one. I think, yeah, we just straight up first overall pick Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. That is the least likely thing I think is going to happen. Second least likely thing is they trade back a few spots. So somebody trades up for the first pick. Maybe Washington trades up for the one on one, and they take Marv at the one on two. Maybe Drake May or just somebody else at the one on two, and Washington takes Caleb Williams at the one on one. The third option, which I think is a little more logical in my opinion, they take Caleb at the one on one. They trade Justin Fields, or they just let him go, and they start fresh. You think they'll take Caleb Williams and then trade Justin Fields? Yes, like like unless, the, like, unless, like unless they get a crazy haul. I'm sorry, unless they get a crazy haul, which is very possible. Mm-hmm. I think if they don't like the haul, they'll just they'll just take it. Mm. Where do you think Justin Fields could land in this situation? I think, um, I think he is bound to be a Falcon. If not now, then in mm. the future. But if that doesn't happen, I did see reports of the Patriots and the Steelers being interested. And mm-hmm. I can definitely see him in, in, in uh, Pittsburgh as well. Honestly, I would like to see Justin Fields in Pittsburgh. I think that's a good look. Um, yeah. Him, Mike Tomlinson, um, you have that. They have, they, have the, they, have, they have the necessary offensive weapons to actually be very dangerous, but it seems like they've fallen short in the QB department. Right. So, and – um, Justin Fields is definitely not a game manager. He's a game changer. So, and what we've seen, especially with players that leave the Bears, is that they go on and be successful. Um, for example, even before, even players before they go to the Bears, when you look at Khalil Mack, um, very successful with the Raiders, and then he went to the Bears. He's still successful, but you know. Um, Roquan Smith coming to the Ravens and it being an instant game changer um, and things of that nature. Right. Um, so all in all, I'm very interested to see what the Bears will do with this pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Justin Fields, but I can also see them doubling down and sticking with Justin Fields. At the end of the day, it is a business, so they're going to do what will give them the best ROI in their opinion. Right. You know, but, yeah, until I hear some more news out of that camp of what's going on, it seems like Caleb Williams will go to whoever has the number one overall pick. Yeah, and I hear there's talks of uh, the commanders trading up for the number one overall pick and things of that nature, too, so. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs. Um, so first and foremost, um, on the New Heights podcast, Travis Kelsey said it was unacceptable for him to be pushing on Andy Reid like that. 
and he immediately wished he could take it back. Um, what do you think about that? Hey, salute to TK for for uh, accountability there. The reality of the situation is things like that just get just get uh caught by the by TMZ, the cameras, etc. But when Draymond iced out Jordan Poole, which was wrong, the, remember when he still when he punched Jordan Poole in the face in practice? Oh, Draymond, yeah, yeah, which was wrong. You know, it was caught on camera. The footage was sent out to to TMZ, and you know, all the wahala with that. So obviously that's a, not the best moment on camera. I'm sure T. I'm pretty sure even though during the press conference, he like you know he cleaned it up saying, "Oh, I was just telling him I, I love him," you know, make you know being very PC, which is very which is very respectable. But I also commend him uh, acknowledging his wrongdoing because yeah, you don't do it to your coach. So yeah, yeah, you know, um, and I think. Uh... Travis Kelsey's brother, um, Blanken, Jason. Jason, he brought it up to him, and he even said, uh, "Let me, let me see if I can find it." What did he say? Let's see if I can find it real quick. I can't find it, but off the top of my head, he was like, "Yeah, that was unacceptable, man." Like. I get that you get emotional in those moments. It's a Super Bowl, but that's your head coach. You know, you can't do that. So it was I good to it. see like those brother to brother moments, especially out of them. And uh, shout out to Jason Kelsey for uh, doing the good big brother thing and uh, letting his little bro know. And I hope you enjoy retirement, Jason. You know, he's retired. Yeah. He well, he's silently re- so that that's a story in itself. So he announced his retirement, but it got leaked. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I'm going to, but I think he's on. He's definitely kind of kind of kind of like what happened to Brady. It's like I don't know if it's been like a firm a firm official announcement, but I think it has been. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, the thirteen year career, and yeah, I think he's calling it. I think he's calling it. You know, full time eagle, one time champion, two time Super Bowl appearance. Um. So yeah. Uh, as of two days ago, he said he will make his decision in the next couple of weeks. He spoke to Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal about his NFL future. And he's saying he's still figuring it out. I think if I still want to play, I'm going to play. I think right now I'm not far enough away from the last game. So he's still he's still winning it. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for one more season, you know, final hurrah. You know, just for yeah. the love of the game. You know. Yeah. I think this was supposed to be that, you know. Playing center is a very uh what's the word? Grueling position. As of all 11, 12, 21 other positions on in football, but yeah, center especially is a lot to deal with. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I hope that whatever this, whatever the decision is, uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, I know that he'll make the right decision. Um, I'm not, I'm not even worried about that. All right. Um. 
But I'd like to touch on something that I heard happened at the Chiefs parade. Apparently, there, there was a shooting. 19 were injured. And as of now, one is deceased. So let's take a quick moment of silence for those who suffered the losses during the Chiefs parade. And yeah, that's very unfortunate. Um, I'm sorry to hear that happened and my thoughts and prayers out to those families, especially in a time of celebration and of joy for the city. Um, somebody decided to mess that all up. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, the book says, uh, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And that is my prayer for all, all parties involved. Mm -hmm. Definitely terrible news, especially in the heart in in the season of celebration. You hate to hear that. I think it's very sad that even in like moments of like of happiness and like you know good good moments, it still drops the chaos here and there, and you can't overlook that. I just hope all all parties involved, you know, all those who are injured. I hope you get the medical treatment necessary and uh. My condolences to those who, to the individual that lost their life. Absolutely. You know, my thoughts and prayers go out to those families. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the land of coaches. Yep. So the Saints are hiring Rick Dennison as their run game coordinator. Talk to me. So Rick Dennison, he was a player first, mm -hmm. he played linebacker. So. I kind of see, you know, I've noticed that, like players who, who had to defend against certain certain things mm -hmm. end up coaching the thing they they defended against the most. Like a, a DB might be a wide receiver coach. He's a he plays linebacker and he's 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 uh directing the run game, and this isn't his first rodeo. He has a very long resume. Uh, after playing for Denver, he took a job as an offensive assistant for a year, and then he moved on to special teams, and then O line, and then OC, and then O line again. This is all with Denver, hmm. and then with Houston for 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 about four years, he was the OC there. Went to Baltimore, he was a QE coach there. Went back to Denver to be OC again, <laughs> and then he was the Bills OC. And then he was the Jets O-line coach and run game, run, <clears throat> run game coordinator. And then he held that exact same position with the Vikings. And then he took an advisor role and he chilled out for a couple. He chilled out for a couple of years. And now he's back in now he's back coaching in New Orleans. So very experienced individual. As far as success is concerned, I can't quantify that right now, but you got three rings. Oh. He had three wins as a coach and as a player. My bad. He had three wins as a coach. He was on the Broncos staff in Super Bowl 50. He was also on the Broncos staff in Super Bowl 33. 33. Yeah. And also in 32. So, very, very much experienced individual. Been around the game for a long time. And I feel like he'll have having the media impact. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
I'm surprised with such a long tenured career, he hasn't had the opportunity to be a head coach. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, offensive coordinator is right there, but it's like every time he gets right there, he hasn't scratched that surface yet. And maybe this, I feel like sometimes uh, franchises are bringing assistants and coordinator roles just to kind of mold them mm-hmm. until they get to that head coach role. Or maybe they just want to see how you run the offense first. And then if you can, because once you coordinate the offense, if you get elevated to head coach, you have to bring in your own staff. Mm. So then you have to develop your coaching tree that way. Um, Based off what I'm seeing here, I guess he's under the Shanahan umbrella because when 1995, the Broncos head coach was, I'm pretty sure it was Mike Shanahan. So he's a Shanahan disciple in some capacity. So we'll see what relationships and different things he is going to put in place to run run the run his scheme in uh, Nova. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and oh, the current head coach for the Saints, Dennis Allen. He used to be defensive coordinator in 2011 for the Broncos. So I guess that's really? what that overlap in history is. I think, what, in 2011, what was he? 2011, what's the guy's name? Uh, Rick Dennis. Rick Dennis. In 2011, he was the OC for Houston. But in 2009, he was in, he was, he's been around the Denver franchise essentially from 1982 to 2009. With okay. a five year with a five year gap between nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety ninety five. Okay, so that that may be where some of that rapport is coming from. Um, they probably have the same similar net network with that Broncos family, right? Um, so who knows? Maybe after Dennis Allen is done, Rick Dennison will get his shot in uh the Saint with the Saints in New Orleans. Yeah. Because, you know, prior to 2022, Dennis Allen was the D.C. for the Saints for the, for seven years under, I guess, Sean Payton. Yeah. yeah. And prior to that, he was the head coach in, in Oakland. And then before that, he was the D.C. for Denver. And before that, he was a, he was in the – he was in the uh, – pardon me. The Saints defensive line coach. So really, I think that the, the linking – the link here is Sean Payton and Cal and Mike Shanahan, because you know Sean Payton is now coaching in Denver. So I feel like the overlap is is just all on pile on pile on. Yeah. Do you, do you think uh, Sean Payton is close with the Shanahan family the the way with all this overlap? I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but I wouldn't rule it out. But I have a question for you. Um, sure. What do you think makes a good head coach? Because even as I'm looking at Dennis Allen's record as a head coach, he's overall has a 0.343 win percentage, which isn't that good. But I'm sure you have a little bit more insight into what makes a good head coach, a winning head coach, and somebody that's good for a franchise. So this is a good question. Very good question. Um, First of all, it's all about scheme fitting. So you have to look at where where your team is and who you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. Are they just a guy? Are they a guy of a guy or are they the guy? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Prime example. Um, 
Hold on. Josh, Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. A very good example. So Solid OC. Awful head coach. His mm -hmm. best work is with Bill. <laughs> As mm -hmm. Bill's OC, he's pretty spoken for it. Once he went to do once he would try to do his own thing, all all hell went all hell broke loose. So mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like that responsibility, because you know, with added with an added role, you do more. More is expected. Mm -hmm. So those promotions aren't necessarily needed for all for everyone. Because mm -hmm. as a head coach, you oversee everything. So you may be good at making sandwiches, but if you tell someone to make a sandwich like he was you, it's not going to come out the same. Mm. He's just studying under you for as long as he can, but the bread he uses and the bread you may use might not be the same. He may toast it longer. He may turn the knot to a four, you turn the knot to a three. Mm -hmm. And the final product would never be a one-to-one -one match. It might still be good, but it's never going to be how Brian made his sound. You feel? Yeah. yeah that's, that's how it is. Okay. Yeah. So, do you think that differentiator really comes with that leadership experience and understanding that art of delegation? Or is it more about being a people person and influencing that culture? It all depends on the type of coach you are and what type of coach that particular team needs. For example, Dan Quinn, rah-rah, get hype, headbanger coach. Dan Campbell, rah-rah, get hype, headbanger coach. Mike McCarthy, based off what Skip Bayless says, is kind of, you know, not Mike McCarthy, Mike Zimmer, based off what uh, Skip Bayless says, he's very relaxed, mild-mannered. But he has that capability to get, get hype, but his default is, you know, just calm, cool, collected. Whereas Bill, Bill is Bill's a kind of a happy medium. Bill doesn't get raw raw, but you see when Bill's like turned up, Belichick. Yes, right. when Bill turned up, you can kind of see his demeanor doesn't really change unless he's like arguing a fight or anything. But like with the media, he's very standoffish, calm. And then let's move it from basketball. Even I mean, let's move it from uh, from football. If you look at basketball, uh, Coach Pop, Greg, Greg Popovich. With the media, one-word answers, very, very, very calm. Tuna salad every day. All you're getting is tuna salad. But with Doc Glenn Rivers, pardon me, you might get tuna salad one day. You might get a, might get a ham and cheese the other. At least he has some level of emotion. Mm -hmm. And the success varies. So whatever what works for one might not work for the other. And the styles vary amongst all. And some people do both. So it all depends. Absolutely. And a uh, quick mention, did you know that Bill Belichick uh, went to high school in Maryland? He went to yeah. high school. That was hot. Yes, sir. And did you also know that Dan Quinn went to Salisbury? That I did not know. And he's in the Salisbury Athletics Hall of Fame. No wonder he, just, no wonder he, he took the job here. He yeah. Hey, salute. Home team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, very well said. Very well said. Um, And we'll probably have a larger discussion as coaches about coaches as these roles continue to get filled and people start to build out their staffs. But all in all, when you look at 
what's coming up for next season? Who are your early front runners for the Super Bowl next year? Give Baltimore, me your top five. Baltimore will be back. Kansas City will. Whoa, well, 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 well. No, no, no. I'll say it. Kansas City will be back. Uh, San Fran, get out of here. Don't care. Um, so that one, Dallas, get out of here. Never been on y'all again. So you got Baltimore, you got Kansas City. NFC looks disgusting. Give me the, the Packers as a dark horse. I'm not mad at it. The Eagles suck. I don't trust the Cowboys, and the 49ers don't move me. So that so that leaves you with what? Packers, Lions. I'm telling Green you. Green Bay, Detroit, Tampa, L.A. I think one of those four might be in the Super Bowl coming out the NFC. <laughs> Seattle is a you know I I gotta see it. They can, but I just gotta see it. Mm-hmm. I think the AFC wins the Super Bowl again next year, either the Kansas City or Baltimore. So I was doing the math and looking at Super Bowl odds for next year. Now, if you put a hundred dollars on like five or six teams each, regardless, you come out positive if one of them hits. In most scenarios, yeah, because it's like even the Chiefs right now they're plus seven hundred or plus eight hundred something in that range. Yeah, it's like everyone's a, everyone's a, everyone has it's fair game right now. Everyone has underdog odds going into the season. As the wheels start turning, the mm-hmm. math starts mathing. So do you do you think now is the best time to bet on a Super Bowl winner for next year? No, I don't encourage gambling, but if you wouldn't do your own research, which you should, um look at the scope of the land, pick the like it's not really that hard, you know? You It's like we're having this conversation now. The Chiefs just went back-to-back. It's safe to assume as long as they got 15, they're going to be in the running. Mm-hmm. Lamar just won the MVP. Lamar just, re, Lamar just got paid. We know Lamar's track record. As long as the Ravens at eight, they're going to be in the running. The Bills are the Bills, and, you know, Josh Allen does this. So... They're gonna be in the running, and the and then Burrow will be back. Burrow with the two AFC championships. They're gonna be in the running. So that's your little mix. Do what you do with your money, but that's a mix in the AFC and the NFC. You can never, you can never not count out Dallas. Philly is Philly. Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl. That's two. Um, Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl. That's three, and the Rams look good. Detroit was just in the NFC Championship. That's four. The, the NFC North is up for grass. So the Packers can catch catch heat going to wild card runs. That's five. Uh, Tampa was just there. Six. So it's like you get an idea of who the potential positives are, and do what you do, do what you do with your money. But sometimes the information is right in front of you. You just gotta act on it properly. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Don't get analysis paralysis. This is not this is not a gambling advice. I know. Um, so uh you just mentioned the Chiefs. The Chiefs, um, fresh off a of Super Bowl win, uh, have signed Steve Spagnola to a contract extension. Spag- the biggest, the biggest coach bags. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some research. I thought. He, I thought he was the DC for both of the 
for both of the uh, Giants Super Bowls, well, the 07 and the 2011 one, he was only the DC for the for the 07 one. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that on the previous episode, but I I did my research. But anyway, the biggest coach bags, well deserves, and I feel like they call him the one of the, if not the best, if not one of he's the best big big game defensive defensive coordinator in football right now, mm-hmm. and, and I think his track record precedes him. So it seemed like a no brainer. This defense looks amazing, and he's a big part in that. I hope they can keep uh, Snead. I hope they have the money for that because it's gonna look different if they if they lose Lajerry Snead. Yeah, it looks like he is slated to hit the market. Come to the Ravens. Hey, I mean, it's not it's not a bad place. Uh, to be. I mean, if we gotta pick between, I like Geno Stone. Geno, if we can't keep Geno Stone, get a Lajerry Snead because I know Geno Stone is due, and a lot of our defensive players are due for big money. But uh, LeJarrius Sneed is also due for big money, too. The Ravens' front office might have the biggest job out of any team this postseason. Sands, the Bears, with all those picks. and Bears, Commanders. Bears, Commanders. Dallas wants to. Dallas always has to prove something. So. Yeah, they've had to for the past 29 years. Yeah. Or 28. Um, yeah. Uh, according to Spot Track, shout out Spot Track. Uh, Jarius needs market value will would put them around the tenth highest paid corner in the NFL, looking at about sixteen point three million on average a year. Yeah. Well, uh, we probably won't be getting Jarius Need, but whoever gets him, uh, thank you. Good luck to you guys. But <laughs> it also begs the question: It's like, do you take the pay cut with the Chiefs because it puts you in the running for another Super Bowl? Um, or you take the money, you know. We we keep revisiting this question, but let's see what Bruce Brown is doing. <laughs> that's a good that's a good person to 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 use for our for our experiment here. Bruce Brown. For those of you who don't know, Bruce Brown was on the Nuggets team that won the ship. Um, Mike Malone said you're not going anywhere, and then he signed with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I said he signed with the Pacers. He was traded to the Raptors this year. The Raptors are tanking, but he's paid. So, but at what hey. cost? I mean, mm-hmm. I understand. Pay for your family, but I think the the biggest thing is lifestyle inflation that leads these players to pursuing these contracts. I hope he enjoys. I hope he's enjoying Canada, and I hope he'll enjoy Cancun in the off season. <laughs> oh my goodness! Put that. Go ahead, quit that for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. We didn't even plan that. Um, yeah, two year, $45 million deal. He wasn't getting that endeavor, so way to get paid. But now you're not content. Now you're not content. You're not contending, but you're paid. Congrats. Yeah, only half of it is guaranteed, so you might not get your other half. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's guaranteed 20 million. Um, but also, right, the, the reason I ask this is because. Mahomes is 7-0 and versus Tyreek Hill and has gotten two rings since he left. You played? I think wait, he's 7-0 and in the playoffs since Tyreek Hill has left. No, he's 7-0 and against Tyreek Hill since he left. He left like two, three seasons ago. Really? Two seasons ago, actually. They played that many times? 
Yeah, they played the Dolphins in the regular season this season, and they played them in the playoffs this season. And then I think they played them two or three times last year. Also, it can only be twice because they're not in the same division. Uh, let me let me let me see. I might be. I think I think the stat is seven and zero in the playoffs since losing Tyreek Hill, and that would check out because he won two Super Bowls, and he was a wild card this year. That's three playoff wins, and one Super Bowl, and I think he was a one seed last year. So to buy two playoff wins in a Super Bowl, <laughs> I believe yeah he's seven and zero in the postseason since losing Tyreek Hill. Oh okay. Could have sworn. I mean, yeah. Regardless, he hasn't lost to Tyreek Hill. That is also true. He's two and zero against Tyreek Hill. But um, yeah. I mean, what, what did you expect? Two of sucks, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just coming in, uh, Geno Smith for the Seahawks, who has a twelve point seven million in his contract that will become fully guaranteed on Friday, was informed today that he will remain on the roster through this week, allowing that money to trigger. So shout out to the Seahawks for doing the right thing. Get paid, get paid. Yeah. They wrote um, you all G but you didn't write back. <laughs> yeah. Um the Bears are currently eyeing Mike Evans, and I believe they have the second best odds to get him. What do you think about that? I think that's a nasty pairing with DJ Moore and Cole Komet. That offense will be fun in Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many wins they're gonna get. I do. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The Bears don't look that bad. And I think that's why they they might not take take Caleb because they don't look awful. It's like you take a Marvin Harrison, you t- and then you grab a Mike Evans, and then I think they're in one of the mock drafts. They're also slating to get a something Bowers, Bruce Bowers, or something Brock like that. Bowers, Brock no, Bowers. Yeah, Marv, Brock Bowers, and Mike Evans. The Bears <laughs> might actually win, win a couple games because they have the number nine pick right now too. So, and I, what I think Brock Bowers, he's like. He said to be like probably going to be one of the best blocking tight ends there is out there in the game if he when he comes into the league. He's going to be. I don't think you should take a tight end in the first round. I think it's very weird, but it's been happening a lot. And they said he's going to be generational. Yeah, let me let me pull it up. Uh, shout out to Bears Empire. That's where I get my information. He did the spot draft. They this is the situation if they trade the number one overall pick. Um they would get Terry McLaurin, the number two overall pick, the number thirty-six overall pick, number forty overall pick, and then Commanders first round twenty twenty-five and sec and second round twenty twenty-five. And yeah, that's not gonna cripple the franchise, but um they might do it. I think the commanders might do it. Yeah, they might do it. Um, so yeah, Marvin Harrison with number two overall, Brock Bowers with the number nine overall, um, Chris Jenkins with the 36th overall, um, Zach Frazier, center from West Virginia, and uh Bucky Irving, halfback from Oregon. Oregon, I like Bucky Irving, he's nice. Uh, according to my mock, well, not my mock, take it Tankathon's mock. Mm-hmm. Shout out to They have um Brock Bowers only fifth to the Chargers. Mm. They have the Bears taking Roma Dunze at Roma Dunze out of Washington at the ninth pick. Mm. Roma Dunze has been caught to the likes of um I think Steph Diggs. 
Virginia still. Let me let me let me get an official uh comp. But reading a step a a Stephon Diggs prototype, I feel like that would. Oh, pardon me. He's been comp to Mike Evans. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Mm. Mm. Ooh, Michael Pittman Jr. said. On staying with the Colts, I won't sacrifice my career potential for comfortability. I think he gets it. I think he understands. I think he knows ball. It is. I mean, they just drafted the. Oh, they also see some relations between Roman Dunsey and Devontae Adams, according to Brock Hard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I think their franchise just drafted a rookie QB who who claimed to be a love child between Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. A hybrid. Okay. So, and when he was healthy, he looked pretty good. And he was, he's returned from injury and he's throwing now. So I don't think you should leave. I think the future is bright there. But if you decide to, Josh Downs, come on down. Get some PT. Because I need you to catch some passes of fantasy. <laughs> okay. Um. Talk to me about the... EA release teaser for the new NCAA game, and I'll be right back. All right, so for those of you who don't know, uh, due to the NIL and a whole bunch of Wahala there, we haven't had a college sports game in a decade. Last one was NCAA 14, which is really, really good. So the NIL stuff has been ironed out, as you all know, and EA dropped a trailer for EA Sports College Football. So I don't think they had the license for the NCAA, so it won't be called NCAA whatever. With something called EA Sports College Football. Same way they don't have the license for FIFA. Um, the official title is EA, EA, EA College Football 25. It'll be dropping in the summer. They dropped the mini trailer this morning, I think. And the full trailer, the full trailer will be coming out in, in May. And the game is dropping during the summertime before Madden. Uh, yeah, unspecified launch dates. It's built off the engine DA uses to build men. So yeah, it's 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 college football it's men with a college football skin. So I'm not as excited because men is undesirable sometimes. But you'll buy it every year though, be honest. Oh, I mean, yeah. Once the price drops. But it's new. So I'm looking forward to it. EA reportedly offered athletes uh, uh, on average $500 per <laughs> for uh, usage and some held out expecting more. EA spent collectively about $5 million combined to get, you know, NIL stuff ironed out for players. Um, Yeah, be on the lookout for a July release. And... The last release was NCAA four NCAA football fourteen, which sold one point five million copies in the last five years after releasing in, in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm sure the streets want more college football. So this would be nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was looking at the trailer and when I was watching it, it got me hyped because I've always wanted to play an NCAA game and I I didn't have the console. Um, when the NCAA games were initially coming out, I think I was like six or seven. So, 
I'm definitely excited for this and I want to use some of these teams to see how they fare against each other. And it'll definitely be interesting to see the game simulations that people run with, with this stuff. And it, I think yeah. it'll have a new wrinkle to the narrative. I had a roommate in my junior year. Shout out to Josh. Uh, he brought his Xbox for a little bit. So I ran a lot of the Road to Glory on NCAA 14. Yeah. And I, felt, I was just, you know, that nostalgia was really like, it did some things. So I remember that. So it's a Josh. Hope you're doing well. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But let's change the temperature. Let's talk about some of these hot takes. All right. So from at NBA draft stats, even with a healthy MB, the 76ers are still missing a piece to truly contend. What do you think about that? Yeah. Which is why they got Buddy Hill. <laughs> And I felt like that was a great deal to, to, to trade for Buddy Heald. Take some of that scoring pressure off of Embiid, elevate Buddy Heald, and you guys just have a nice duo there. He's like a diet Harden. I'm not saying he's as good, but as far as the role, go get buckets. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's going to do in Philly. So, yeah, I feel like they're not championship ready, but a few things might break their way. I think they're more ready than Milwaukee, so that's saying enough. Uh, Isn't Embiid yeah. out for the rest of the season? Tar- you say what? Yeah, you say what? Isn't Embiid out for the rest of the season? Uh, is he? Let me see. But I feel like that combination of Tyrese Maxey and Buddy Hill, that's going to score a lot of points. And in the event that Buddy uh, Joel beat this out for the season, um, then damn. But if he's not, then damn. Be on the lookout. Yeah. yeah, Sixers hopeful Joel and B can return from injury this season. And that was last week. So, but maybe. We when he used to, they already got the surgery done. So, it'll probably be, if, if I had to project, probably middle of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because right now, when you look at them, they're, a, they're about a 500 team. Um, And looking at this roster, I mean, you let me know if there's really any name that names that excite you on this roster, but uh, Ooh, Philly on Philly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got. Oh yeah, I mean, you got Buddy Hield and Tyrese Maxey, Paul Reed, but outside of that, you got like Mo Bamba, one point scored in the last game, Cameron Payne, two points, Kelly Oubre. I'm sure he's good for the publicity and stuff, but nine points. Kenyon Martin, nine points. When they get when they get Kyle Lowry. Okay. They got a little, they got they got they got vets, which is always good to have. Their point guard, their point guard room is very is very seasoned. Campaign mm-hmm. is a playoff point guard. Kyle Lowry is as I champion. Buddy Hill gets buckets. Kelly, Kelly Uber is a good vet. And Tobias Harris is Tobias Harris. So this is a nice roster. Um, yeah, they're not winning this year, but this is a nice roster. Absolutely. All right. The second hot take I got to you comes from Adam. He says, Jokic didn't deserve to win MVP over Giannis when Bucks were third seed. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. You know, sometimes these these award institutions like to miss assign MVP awards mm-hmm. and make up for it on the back end. So mm-hmm. for example, this year or last year, Joker should have won his third MVP. Make it return beat. 
Um, so it happens. LeBron should have won defensive player of the year in whatever year that was. They gave it to Marcus Hall. In the NFL, um, I'm trying to think of some snubs. I can't think of any snubs in the NFL, but it happens. Oftentimes, they got to make it up on the back end. It's like, oh, he was supposed to get it this year. But you know what? We're going to give it to you next year. And sometimes you gotta pull someone down to pick someone up, but that's that's it's crowds in the barrel and there's powers that be and it's like it's mental gymnastics that we cannot play. That's fair. In his MVP season, he averaged let me see here. In his second MVP season, um for clarification. He averaged 13.8 rebounds, which was a career high, 7.9 assists, 1.5 steals, a block a game, and 27.1 points. And it's in his first MVP season, 8.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 26.4 points. Well, you know what? You know what I think they did? The gap between Joker and Embiid was a far was wider than the, than the gap between Joker and Giannis. Mm-hmm. I think all that alone they gave us Embiid. Uh, he scored. He was averaging thirty three and ten, even though Joker was averaging damn near triple double. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we had the one seed that year. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, and he's playing defense. So I was like, yeah, bro, we can't, we're going to have to get this one to you. Yeah, he finished ninth in the defensive player of the year, voting that year. And then in 2021, 2022, when Joker won it, MB was runner up. So it's been a, it's been a two and a half horse, two and a half horse race for like the last five years. I think they've all been, they've all been in, in, in They've all been international players at that. Yeah, Greece, Serbia, and now Cameroon. Yeah, and all – I consider Giannis to be a big man. They're all big men. Yep. So is the league shifting more towards a bigger style of play? I mean, we saw Curry's era with the small ball and three-pointers, but now I think size wins. It's a, it's a mix of both. First of all, before I speak on that, Giannis is Nigerian, not Greek. He's Nigerian. My fault. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all – um, yeah, it's a mix of both because you get scoring from all levels now. Your big men are now playing like guards, your guards are now posting up like the likes of like the the the, the six four guard is a norm now. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, a six four point guard was a second advantage. Now, half the week got six four point guards, so it's like you introduce something, it looks weird, it starts working, and then everybody follows along. The Warriors shoot a thousand five threes a game. The rest of the NBA a thousand five threes a game. Uh, who's buddy? Devin Booker was putting up seventy on forty five shots. All your scores are putting those shots down. It's just if it works for this guy, we're all going to do it. Adam Silver's NBA, no defense, all offense. Hmm. Makes for more entertaining basketball, but yeah, I'm mad at it. Just the All Star Weekend <laughs> this weekend. Oh. Oh, this weekend? Okay. This weekend. Okay. Great segue. Thank you for the while, Brian. No pun intended. We're starting <laughs> off tomorrow with the, so the celebrity game. I'm pretty sure we covered it before, but if I'm filming it to recover it again, I'm with it. It's up to you. 
Um, um, go 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 look at the roster. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty deep. But oh, one thing about C.J. Stroud, um, he scored forty against what's his name, Jay. I mean, I mean Harkes from UCLA, right? Yeah. Um, we'll for the Heat right now. Yeah, so hey, I think CJ Stroud is gonna be putting up points. Michael Parsons saying he hoops like that. I don't think he hoops like that. You're a linebacker, buddy. I think he can't. Hey, you seen whoa, 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 whoa. you seen Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett can get buckets. But, but but you see, yes, but I think Miles Garrett and Michael Parsons have different builds, right? Yeah. Miles My, Garrett is bulkier than Michael Parsons. But but Miles Garrett is also taller. Miles Garrett, how tall is Miles Garrett? Like, I like to. Maybe I'm hating. Maybe I'm hating. Miles Garrett. Let me know if I'm hating. Miles Garrett, 6'4. 6'4. Okay, that's small forward size. And Michael Parsons, that's 6'1. So that's point guard size. Oh, Michael Parsons is 6'3. Oh. 6'3. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ignore me. I was chatting. Maybe it's just because uh, I'm used to seeing uh, Miles Garrett be a more dominant force in the NFL, and he just won a uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Hey, there it is. But yeah. So the oh, Celtics- quick thing about Defensive Player of the Year. I know that I'm going all over the place, but the Steelers fans are definitely upset that TJ Watt didn't win. He had the most sacks this year among a lot of start other stats that were in the top five first category. What do you think about yeah, that? Like I said, sometimes they just gotta you want it, but we're gonna give it to Buddy because we should have given it to Buddy a few years ago. It was just makeup. It's just makeups. Mm. It they do it all the time. <laughs> they do it all the time. You can't do it well you can do it for rookie of the year because if you get injured your rookie year, you're yeah. a second year player, but you yeah. can still be you can still be you can still qualify for rookie of the year. A la Ben Simmons versus Donovan Mitchell. Like it happens all the time. Absolutely. All right. But yeah, um, what's what's going on with All Star Weekend this weekend? You said Friday. This weekend. This weekend. All right. Starting Friday, you got the the celebrity game. Mm -hmm. The teams are the team Shannon versus Team Stephen A. Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. So we got the first take. Got the first take All Star game. Uh, it's Shannon Sharp and 50 Cent are the two coaches. Their roster is Unwell Double A. Oh, not the, not, not, not the roster, they the, the, the people can find the, the rosters online. All right, thank you. And <laughs> team Stephen A is Stephen A. Smith, Lil Wayne, and Andrew Wilson are the coaches there. The rosters are the rosters. If you if you ask me, if you ask me, I think team Stephen A is a smoke team, team Shannon. Mm. You got middle world pieces and CJ Stroud. I think that's all you need there. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, T Jazz. Yeah, they're gonna smoke to Shannon. <laughs> is the skills challenge on Friday or is that Saturday? That it will be on Saturday. Okay. The only other thing on Friday is the Rising Stars tournament. Hmm. This is the first time they're doing they're doing it tournament style. It should be interesting. I don't know if it's gonna be like reduced scoring or things of that nature, but it's four. It's four. It's four um, teams. Uh, yeah, Team Jalen, Jalen Rose, Team Tamika Catchings, Team Paolo Gasol, and Team Detlef. So, so they're all gonna face off against one another. Uh, three game, three game in the tournament. Okay. Okay. 
you know, research on the on further details. And then, you know, uh, as on Friday or Saturday, you have the HBCU Classic featuring Virginia, Virginia Union and Winston Salem State. And then you have All-Star Saturday Night, which is three-point shootout, dunk contest, skill challenge, Sabrina versus Steph. And give me you, Sabrina, bro. Give me Sabrina. You're delusional, but it's okay. Listen. I think I think Steph is gonna shoot her out the gym. I think I think Steph might I think Steph might take her and shoot with the last five with his left hand. Last five with his left hand is crazy. Give me Sabrina, bro. I I like Sabrina winning this. And then you got the All Star game on Sunday. All Star games on Sunday. Yes, sir. Eight p.m. So. This is a 73rd annual All-Star game. Okay, okay. All right. And then thank you for thank you for covering that. Uh-huh. Um the last hot take I got for you before I pass it to you is Rui Hachimura will be an all-star next year. He just scored 36 for the Lakers in this past game, and him and Anthony Davis were the first players in I forgot how many years to both first duo to score 35 plus. Um, in a game, and uh, forgot how many years. I think I said this about. I don't know if I said this here, but I was talking to the homies about Jacob Brunson, and the same things apply to Rui. If you saw him in college, you knew. I think I did say it here. If you saw Rui in college, you knew he can go, mm-hmm. and he went. That's why when the Wizards let him go, I was hurt. I was sick to my stomach. Same. So he, it doesn't surprise me. He's a bucket. Just needs volume. And when he gets volume, he'll give you 36. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, I'm gonna pass it to you with the your Colfax change right. for us. All right, all right, all right. So in the last 20 Super Bowls, teams wearing white jerseys have an 80% win, 80% win percentage. Uh, the 49ers were right, and they were the fourth team to lose wearing white in the last 20 Super Bowl. And if I go back, I'm pretty sure they wore white during the COVID Bowl and they lost. So that's true. They've lost two out of the last 20 Super Bowls as a team wearing white. Is that essentially all the away teams? Uh, by definition, I guess. But you know, Super Bowl is neutral ground, so yeah, maybe. Is it though? I think so. I, see, now I'm about the now I'm about the now I'm about the ruffle feathers. I think all matchups are, are neutral ground. That home and away stuff shouldn't matter at all. Vodka really? and sport. That's how I feel. So what do you so what do you think about when people consider like um the record this past season the Cowboys had? I think they had like a sixteen and zero run at home. Yeah. The past two years. Yeah. Until they lost to the Packers. Yeah. Um Whatever you can do in Dallas, you should have done it in Wisconsin. And that's another thing. When you lose at home, then what? Oh, we were at home and we lost. Wasn't Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers was <laughs> begging for a home at NFC Championship. Tom Brady pistol with them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what is being at home going to do? Uh, what is that going to do for you? Nothing. Put your game win. That's true. I do think that that home atmosphere, like some home crowds are crazy. 
it, I think it does have an effect. It matters, but the weight it has amongst the masses is annoying to me. It's like QB wins. QB mm. wins matter, but y'all just treat it like the end-all, be-all. Mm. A very dumb stat, but I understand it. Wait, explain explain the stat. QB wins? Yeah, like, oh, uh, like, for example, hmm, who has a lot of wins? Dang. Dang. Are you... Okay, if if somebody were to to tell you Eli Manning was better than Cam Newton all the time, what would you say? I would disagree. Okay, but Eli Manning has more wins. He has more. He has more Super. He has two rings. Cam Newton has no Super Bowl rings. This, this, and the third. Eli Manning win, 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 win. The people, people like to use wins as fun fact. They both went to SEC schools and were number one overall picks. I just realized that as I said that. So that's another call for free. Bonus one. Um, so yeah, people like to use wins as like a as a barometer, and you should, but the way it's used sometimes is just so nasty. So that's an example. No, that's that's definitely a good point. I mean, I think the counter argument to that is that if a QB is winning, since like more agency is the QB always the QB is always the second person to touch the ball. You know, yes. so well in most formations. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, think I get first... it. I get it. And yes, I, I got homies that say wins over time matter. And mm-hmm. I agree. But I feel like the way you use wins in a sports argument, if you don't do it skillfully, with any stats without context are just noise if you don't add context. Mm. Because that's like me saying who's a backup? That has rings. Chat Chase Daniel. That's not saying Chase Daniel is better Ooh. than exactly. That's not saying Chase Daniel is better than Jalen Hurts because Chase Daniel has two rings. It's like you gotta use sound logic when you're making these arguments. Shout out Chase Daniel. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. I bet. What else you got for us? Um. Speaking of wins, what a segue. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh has the highest win percentage amongst active NFL coaches. How many NFL rings does he have, though? This one. Zero. So, yes, I think he's a great coach. But, I mean, this past year, he showed that he can coach his way to a championship. Be as a, in college. You have the best players in the world. So yeah, I hope so. But yeah, as it may it being in college, I think he's shown that he he's able to build a winning culture. So, oh, he in 1995 he was a he played quarterback for the Ravens. Ravens, no, 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 the Colts, and he was a Pro Bowler. Who had the highest passer rating. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and was comeback player of the year. I thought Jim Harbaugh played for the Ravens too. In 1998. Oh, okay. He's in the Colts ring. He's in the Colts ring of honor. Colts ring of honor. Jim, what a guy. Um, Jim is a winner, right? And yeah. I think when selecting coaches, right, an important thing to consider is what is this person's track record as a not only a player. As a coach, and what do they do in life? Are you a winner in life? And that's why, like, when we were talking about earlier, like, 
the coaches who have like those sub sub 400 records it's like why would you have a guy who has a sub 400 record as your head coach sans like large enough sample size if i give you a whole if i give you three or four seasons and your record is sub 500 uh regular season and postseason then what are we doing here oh actually jeff fisher has a 51 percent win percentage just but he has like the second most eight and eight seasons of all time. So yeah, I mean he's average, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. Sells tickets. Yeah. On but, the yeah. on the contrary, I'm trying to think of somebody with like a very bad one percentage. Let's go with Greg Shiano. Greg Shiano. Greg Shiano. Oh. Greg Shiano. Yeah, he was 11 and 21 as an NFL head coach at 87 and 95 as a college coach. Six and two in bowl games there. So he's a great college. He's a he's an okay to decent college coach, all for NFL coach. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you're not a good coach, it's cool. But I believe people should go where they thrive. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and if you're not thriving at that, maybe it's not your thing. Maybe it's a different facet. Hey, same, be a commentator like Urban Meyer. <laughs> same thing when we look at Spags. He he's not a great head coach, but he's one of the greatest defensive coordinators ever. That part. Go where you shine. You don't always have to have the top position to be the best at what you do. We're talking. We're talking to you, Kyle Shanahan. This is all. <laughs> we're talking to you. <laughs> You see us all coming coming together, man. <laughs> and my last cold fact. Oh my goodness. Beautiful segue. <laughs> the Shanahan's had just become the second uh father-son duo in any of the four ma- four, four major sports leagues, NFL, NHL, MLB, or NBA, to make the championship round in their respective sport. Mm. Joining the Lester and Lynn Patricks, uh, who coached the New York Rangers and Boston Bruins. Those okay. are hockey teams. Yes. Hey, Kyle, win. <laughs> okay, and then what's the what's the second duo? Uh, and then that's the only coaching duo. But I just wanted to have like the Griffey's back history now. I got salute my people, Ken Griffey Senior and Junior in nineteen ninety. Uh, both played for the Mariners, and they made history as it's the first father-son duo to hit back-to-back home runs in the game. Hmm. Now that's a cool fact. Uh, to expand further, Ken Griffey Sr. played 19 years, mostly with Reds. One, he won the World Series in 1975 and 1976, three-time All-Star, uh, 1980 MVP. Wait, he was named the most well 19, 1980 All-Star Game MVP and the Reds Hall of Famer. His son, Ken Griffey Jr., played 22 years with the Rainers and the Reds and also a baseball Hall of Famer in 2016, 7th all-time in home runs, 13-time All-Star, 10 Golden Glove winner, and he played center field, American League, and, American League MVP in 1997, Red League home runs four times during his career. And 
as and like I said, in 1990, both Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. played for the Mariners and both hit home runs and bats to back at bats. So, so then I think this kind of goes back to that Niels Bohr thing of that family culture, right? The Shanahan's have that family culture. The Harbaugh's have that family culture. Wait, what about? Oh, I guess it it, it doesn't count uh, NCAA because then it would have been a uh, Jim Harbaugh and his father. Count it? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um. When even in in families in general, you you tend to see if if one level or that older generation was in that field, and that's what you grew up seeing. And that's the culture that you aspire to. And that's where you get that positive feedback. That's why we see so many father, son, brothers and different things doing this in athletics and even in other fields. Yeah, I was a teacher for a long time. I'm a teacher. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And yeah, and maybe we'll see LeBron and his son play together on the same court, hopefully either next year or the year after that. It's looking that way. And it could have been for the Warriors. <laughs> Talk to me. What's going on? So, during the trade deadline, there were su- there were reports suggesting that the Warriors tried to trade for LeBron James. Obviously, LeBron's a Lakers, so it didn't happen. And this isn't the first time this has been, this has been hinted at. Mm-hmm. A few things. Um, apparently, Steph Curry and LeBron James, LeBron James were born in the same hospital. Oh, oh, in Ohio. Yeah. Because I think Dell was a cab when Stephens were, you know. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, and I think in twenty seventeen there were reports that LeBron, no, not twenty seventeen, maybe twenty nineteen there were reports that LeBron was headed to the Warriors because he was just tired of not being able to beat him. Mm-hmm. I think it was cap, but you know, where you know, you know, what they say where they smoke, and now uh, the Warriors swung swung for LeBron. And struck out, but hey, it could have happened. And if it, if it happened, man, oh man. <laughs> Do you think that would have tainted LeBron's legacy? Um, maybe. I feel like he's all his legacy. Like if you hate LeBron, you, you're not gonna not like LeBron. If you like LeBron, you're not gonna. If you wait, that's all right. If you hate LeBron, you're never gonna like LeBron. If you like LeBron, you're probably never gonna hate him. Yeah. So, I play the middle. He's a hooper. He gets buckets. So as long as he does that, I am where I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm a LeBron apologist, so I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they were teammates, but Hassan Whiteside. He's had. He's called it a career. He's hung it up. Mm-hmm. He. He. You know, in two K. You know, I was playing two K, and. You know, I'll be like. You know, I I never always had the latest two gigs. So I, sometimes I had to hand out, I had to update the roster manually. Mm-hmm. I had to make my own trades and all that, write everything down, go on the game and update the roster myself. You're dedicated. Oh, absolutely. So one day I was coming home from church. This is a crazy story. I don't know why why I remember this, but I was coming home from church. I was listening to a heat game. I keep hearing Hassan Whiteside block. Hassan Whiteside block. I was like, Hassan Whiteside. You mean the the second rounder from Sacramento who, who didn't get any P, who didn't who wasn't getting PT? 
All right, I guess I guess he's hooping. So yeah, it's safe to say he he had a he had a late prime. He was a late boomer. Uh, he was drafted in the second round by Sacramento. He was in the D League. I think it was a, called the D League back then for a few years. Went around. I think he was even in China for a little bit and signed to deal with the Heat. And his career took off from there. Um, in uh, 2015, match of the Clippers. He put out 23.16 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. And it was all systems go from there. He finished fourth in most improved voting. Got a, he, he got his big contract, and he made a very lengthy career, even going back to Sacramento for a little bit. Um, averaging 13 points and 11 rebounds for his career with 2.2 blocks. And as of two days ago, he informed... The Piratas de Quedrabrias of the Superior National Basketball League in Spain, probably, that he's retiring. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. He's playing in Puerto Rico right now? He was. The <laughs> BSN is the first tier level professional men's basketball league in Puerto Rico. Founded in 1929 by the Puerto Rican Basketball Federation. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He might be Puerto Rican, but if he's not, I'm not. I don't want to misassess, but I think he is. Uh, oh, and also for Hassan Whiteside, he has a season where he had a hundred percent three point percentage, and a season where he had a zero percent three point percentage. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. He's a seven footer. I think he's 6'10". No, uh, he's 7'4". 7'7". Seven, seven seven even. Listed. 7'7". Seven even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he led the league of rebounding in 2017. And then led the league of blocks his first year with Portland. After leading the league of blocks with Miami prior to that. So, I would say he's had a pretty good career. Uh, no all-star appearances, but he is a G League champion. Mm-hmm. And he led the he won the NCAA in Boston twenty ten. So he will clean your glass. First team all index. Yep. Hassan Index. <laughs> and uh quick quick mention, his dad was in the NFL. He played for the Buccaneers in eighty three and the Vikings in eighty four. Oh, that's fire. Salute. Child to Pops. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Oh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, 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 oh. So, there was a brief period in time where I was like a Clipper fan, but it was very brief. And I just like that team. I went them to win. I thought they could win it all. And they kept getting people by the Warriors. So, the Steph Curry has always been probably enemy number one because he always beat the Clippers in the playoffs just about every single year. And, you know, I bring that up because Clay Thompson obviously is a key contributor to a lot of the success that the Warriors have had. And I want to just tip my cap. He tore his ACL and tore his Achilles in the 18-month span, came back from that, and won a ring. And now he's finding his footing again. He's the only player in NBA history to record multiple games with 12 plus 12 or more made threes. Um, 
He also has the most in NFL, NBA history. He has more games with 12 made threes than his teammate Steph. On April 9th of last season, he made his 303-pointer. So that it puts him in the class of only Steph, James Harden, and himself. Only three people to make 303-pointers raid. Yeah, I'll get all the cold facts today. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to tip my cat Steph uh, to Corey Thompson as well. Okay, okay. Huh. So, it's you said Steph, Clay, and who? James Harden. James Harden? Not even LeBron has done that? Let's see. In the season. Yeah. Oh, in the season. Ah. Yeah, in the season. That's a lot of threes. I mean, you have to – you play all 82 games, that's two to three. More than above three threes per game. Yeah. Yep. So, Clay Thompson, what do you think about Clay Thompson kind of taking that step back? I think he said that he was willing to take that step back. Well, you tore your ACL and your Achilles. Mm-hmm. So, all your – what's the word? What's the word for bounce that people be – vertical. <laughs> Thank you. All your verticality is like, then there's shot. Um, and you're 35, 34. You'll be 30. Yeah, you just turned 34 last week. So chill, bro. <laughs> chill. Chill. I know you, you dropped 60 points on 11 dribbles. So you actually don't need to touch the ball. That's so, just, so do what you do. And if they say, we're going to cut your PT, do what you do. That's true. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna get. I think he's trying to get. A, I think he's trying to re up his deal, and the talks that that might not happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's where some of the some of the tension is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, you made a lot of money. Sometimes you can't get everything. That's fair. Yeah, he's a free agent at at the end of this season. Okay, okay. He's open to a reduced role, but he wants to stay with GSW. Yeah, I think he'll take the minimum if they gave it to him. I think he wants to stay with the Warriors for the rest of his career. Apparently, he was, according to a report, he was offered a two-year, $48 million extension last year. He said no. Oh, tripping. (laughs) According to reports, we don't know if it's true. So, we'll see. Oh, my goodness. If that is true, not going to lie to you, buddy. Clay Thompson, you should have took that. Yeah, don't play on the last year of your deal. If they give you a deal, take it. Exactly. Take it. <laughs> when you're playing well, take it. Because then they got you covered for when you're injured. Yeah. And if they cover on. and if they cut you later later, it's dead money and they gotta pay you anyways. Don't don't go into the last year of a contract without more money. I can't <laughs> tell y'all. Don't do it. What are what are what are Clay Thompson's career career earnings? A lot. A lot. Probably two fifty mil. I don't mean a pocket check, but no, you can't. He's famous. Okay. How, how do you? How do I check this? Shout out to the good brothers at Spot Track. I would love a endorsement because I use your website a lot. Spot uh, Track. Clay Thompson has amassed two hundred sixty-six million dollars in thirteen years. Oh wow! Yeah, buddy. You most should've... recently, most recently, he's been he's making forty-three million this year. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, 
Yeah, you should have took that money. Yeah, because they gave they gave him the he tore his ACL and they gave him the max and then he tore his Achilles. So you were just chilling, getting paid, and then you won the ring, and now your contract is about to expire. Huh. I feel like you you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, and you shouldn't take that pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> you got two career ending injuries and the championship, and you got paid. Yeah. <laughs> And his primary awards was in 2014 and 2015, he was all NBA third team. Don't get me wrong. Clay Thompson is a great shooter, but you should have took the money, bro. You're, you know you're not going anywhere. Yeah, you're cooked. I mean, regardless, even if he calls it a career, you made a quarter of a billion dollars. So, so. And you got four chips. And your dad, I think Michael Thompson's in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, you got you got enough stain, bro. Like, like what, what else do you need? Yeah. Oh, spot track? You can see players' fines? Yeah, shout out to spot track. Huh, okay. All right, Um, what else Clay we got? Thompson, Clay Thompson doubled his dad in championships. <laughs> that's, that's fire. What else we got going on? Uh Oh, Michael Thompson. Um, Wemby is an alien. We know this already. Um, He had a triple-double with blocks. Yeah, 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Um, that doesn't happen often. The only other people I know who have done that, I think it was Hakeem Olajuwon. He might have to, Hakeem might have had a quad dub, but if you, have, if you have a quad dub, you have a triple double. So I think Hakeem Olajuwon did it. Um, Draymond. Huh? And Draymond Green did it. He did it. He did 10 assists, 10 rebounds, and 10 blocks. He just didn't get 10 points. The most black tops box store box score ever, but yes, I do. <laughs> um, Wemby is the fourth rookie to record a triple double that included blocks. Mark Eaton and Ralph Sampson did it. Ralph Sam Ralph, Ralph Sampson was his comp coming into the league. Ralph Sampson was a number one overall pick from the Rockets in the seventies, I think. Don't quote me. So yeah. The track record is looking track record. It's looking, you know, it's it's holding true. I honestly do like a whole jersey haul. Just get all the jerseys that I've been meaning to get. I'm definitely gonna need me a Wemby jersey for the foreseeable future. I need a LeBron jersey, Kobe. So during COVID, y'all know Jordan. Shout out to Jordan, my brother. We used to talk on the phone, and we would say we get one, two jerseys from every sports franchise, one popular one, and one who the heck, who the heck is that? Mm. It's like I, it's like one of the niche buckets that's mm-hmm. like if you, if if you know you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I do the immaculate great because I like niche buckets. Mm. So like, I would get like a Gilbert Arenas jersey, and uh. Uh, who's like an obscure wizard? Like a Dominic, a Dominic McGuire jersey or something like that. Yeah, obscure. That's obscure. <laughs> yeah. And then for football, I'll get like a Ray Lewis jersey and a uh, uh, obscure Raven. Geno Stone is an obscure. Um, who's no. obscure? Like uh, very like who the like 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 uh, Moses uh, like a Moses jersey. 
Yeah, I got Morgan Moses or Devontae Freeman jersey. It's like, I didn't even know he played for the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I always wanted to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get enough money and I'm going to do it. I, hey, well, I, I might take you on on with that journey as well. I'll, yeah. I think I'll need, I don't even think I'll keep it in the closet. I think I'll just keep it in a chest or something. Yeah, or even just frame it. Yeah. Like, like, yo, who is that? I was like, oh, that's so-and-so. He used to play for so-and-so. He, he's like the first guy. And you know me, Mr. Colfax. So yeah. it's like, I would get the jersey for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be to, to, to conversations. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jason Williams says he is the best QB that Randy Moss ever played with, and you can ask him on the OG show. And he says, oh, go ahead. He highlights specifically he has the best arm strength, but go ahead. For those of you who don't know, Jason Williams played in the NBA. White chocolate. White chocolate. He was a bucket. Was he on that championship team in 06? I think he was. But, yeah, white chocolate. He's a, he, he, he played basketball for a long time. But he also played football in high school, I believe, growing up in West Virginia with Randy Moss. Oh, they both went to Marshall together. I didn't know that. Um, That's his guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, USA Today named Jason Williams a West Virginia Player of the Year. In 1994, and Randy Moss even said he was high school. Oh, they were basketball teammates as well. So yeah, he could do both, and I'm sure he did both. I remember him speaking on this. Uh, and when he did all the smoke with Steve with a uh, stack and Matt, I need to. I'll pull the quote at some point. But yeah, I believe it, and if it's true, I can't deny it. Mm-hmm. That's fair, but Randy Moss played with Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, what do you what do you think about that now? This is getting quick. Um, <laughs> with that realization or re-realization, um, I'll stick with J-Dub, yo. Roy Chocolate, best QB running while they're you're, you're taking Jason Williams <laughs> over Tom Brady? Yes. <laughs> I I just don't know if I can go with Jason Williams over the best QB in NFL history. The duration of time is longer, I think. I think he played with Randy Walls longer than Tom Brady did. So. I mean, I guess. But Tom Brady is still the greatest QB in NFL history. Do you disagree? I cannot disagree with that. But hey, what if we don't know what we don't know how good Jason Williams would have been as a quarterback? That's fair. He spared the league and went to go get buckets. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, yeah, honestly, yes, when... he was on that uh, championship team in Miami. He was. Okay. I think honestly, when you're picking between. NBA or NFL, I think you should always go NBA. You make more money quicker. Yeah. You know, Charlie Ward, what's really the Colfax show? Charlie Ward. Was it Charlie Ward or Charlie Bell? Um, Charlie Ward. I think it was Charlie Ward from Florida State. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, Charlie Ward. Yeah. He was a Heisman. He won the Heisman and went to the NBA. 
Oh, you dropped in the first round. Yeah. Pick 26. He won the Heisman, a football award, and he played in the NBA for a long time. Uh, professional career, NFL draft, Ward proclaimed he deserved to be a first rounder. Oh, wait. Oh, so Ward stated he was undecided about professional basketball or football and made it clear that he would not consider playing in the NFL unless selected in the first round in the 1994 NFL draft. Ward proclaimed that he deserved to be a first rounder. Ward's mother reported that the family was told he was probably a third to fifth round pick. And due to a small stature and uncertainty about whether he would play in the NBA, Ward was not selected in the first round of the NFL draft. Having been chosen in the first round, 26 overall in the NBA draft by the New York Knicks, he began his career in the NBA as a point guard. An inquiry was made during Ward's rookie rookie year with the Knicks for him to become the backup quarterback for Joe Montana of oh, the wow. City Chiefs, but Ward declined. Ward is the only Heisman winner to play in the NBA and one of only three Heisman winners to play professionally in another big four league, including... Bo Jackson and Vic Janowicz. Mm. And they both played in the MLB. Deion Sanders was on that list? Uh, did Deion Sanders win Heisman? Oh, no. 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 I, 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 I mean, you tell me I might be tripping. No, but he did go to Florida State. So mm -hmm. there's there's the connection. But anyway, yeah. Another history of us. Another, another uh, history of us. I should save this for Jeopardy, which will be coming very soon, by the way. But oh, yes, he played a um, long time in the NBA. Yeah, well, yeah, over a decade. I mean, he wasn't ah, serviceable. Serviceable. He did what he had to do. Yeah, I'll say. Um. So, huh? The more you know. The more you know. And just so you guys know, for the scripting of the show, like this, this we just stumbled upon this information. This is this wasn't even in our in our notes for real. Ninety percent of everything you hear on this podcast is off the glass. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but talk to me about Evan Fournier. Did we cover that last week? No, but we can right now. Uh, Evan Fournier says he's finally he's he's from. He says he's really excited to finally be out of New York. Mm -hmm. And he got traded to the worst team in basketball. Detroit Pistons, shout out. So I don't know what sparked what sparked that that uh that quote. I'm about to do some research, but I think that's crazy. That you're going to the worst team in basketball and you're happy. Yeah. Mind you, the Knicks look good. Very good. So I'm confused on why he's saying this. But Evan Fournier is also a backup, right? Yes. Let me that see. might be why. He's been itching to be traded away for some time, and he finally got his wish. Looking forward to a new opportunity. Knicks are looking good, though. I'm still in New York at the moment. I want to leave, but beyond leaving, I want to have the opportunity to get some playing time back. Oh, <laughs> So he was burned. He's not getting burned. So he went to a trash team. That's the lane. <laughs> yeah. Just be better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're playing behind Jalen Brunson, I don't think you're you're gonna get yeah, Jalen Brunson is oh snap. Even this season he's averaging 
27.6 points, so I don't think he was getting any play this season. Uh, he Even back in May, he said there was no way that this would bring him back this year, and then they did. Mm-hmm. And he played three games. <laughs> hey. said, I don't have the opportunity. I don't have the opportunity to play, and even worse, I feel like I'm being held hostage. You know, the Pistons did this with Andre Drummond back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so this happens. Sometimes players just don't want to be there, and Depending on who you are, you can do do power moves. I love uh, James Harden. I love uh, Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, who are ironically teammates right now? <laughs> so yeah, you know, obviously when you're a role player, your PT is up to the up for the coach's adjustment. So you gotta take what comes with it, or not. I and mean, if you don't, you'll end up playing for the worst team in basketball. <laughs> so I just thought about this, but. How often do we see that a team either has a really good basketball team or a really good football team? But not both? But not both. Or like of any of the major big four sports, MLB or hockey, I feel like you can't have a good all four, right? You either got a good baseball team or a good basketball team or a good basketball team or a good football team. It's like you're it's like you're like reading my Jeopardy without reading my Jeopardy. Because Tampa Bay, the city of Tampa, they won in everything at least once in the last like three years. Oh, for real? Oh, stop. yeah. The, the Bucks won the rule. The Rays won the won the World Series, I think. And mm-hmm. the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. And technically, they don't have a basketball team, but after the Raptors won the NBA championship. When they were when they when we were trying to you know get past COVID, they played their home games in Tampa Bay. So by transit of property, that's that's a gimme. You're 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 stretching it. You're stretching it by by transit of property. Yeah, they hosted the championship team for a decent amount of time. So yeah, um, I'm gonna see Sydney's big four sports championships because I feel like you can have maybe like two out of the four being good at a time but all four because even look if you look at dc right mm-hmm. uh the nats were good the nats won the caps won the defenders won defenders what is it what is defenders xfl <laughs> oh <laughs> no that's not a big four <laughs> you you really tried it <laughs> Really I, think DC, I think DC United had a had a had a had a soccer's not big for in America. Let's let's be serious. <laughs> what is it? Football, it's... basketball, baseball, hockey. <laughs> yeah, that's the big four. <laughs> those 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 sports get paid. Um uh but let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Multiple major sports. No, let me see. United States teams with Championship cities. Because I like the, like, what's it called? Like, I'm thinking maybe, unless you're, like, a major city, like, I think California, but California is so big. Like, if you, like, maybe you were to generalize it to, like, not even Sacramento, but, like, the L.A., Golden State right, right. area. But then it's, right. like, you got so many football teams, basketball teams in L.A. that does that really count? Because it's, oh. like, you can say, no. oh, the yeah. Niners and the Rams, and you have right, right, State right, and the right. Lakers. But right. at that point, 
So man, I mean, you can do the same thing with Texas. Yeah. So the thirteen, the thirteen uh, United States cities with the four, with with the four teams in all major sports leagues. Mm-hmm. That being Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, L.A., Miami, Minneapolis, St. Paul, mm-hmm. New York, Philly, Phoenix, San Fran, and Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to count the Commanders? They're playing Landover. Yeah, I'll count that as D.C. Okay. So, amongst those, amongst that, 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 uh, that squadron of cities, um, who has the most championships? It doesn't say, but yeah, I mean, Vegas we... is on their way. You know the 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 golden. I think the Golden Knights in the hockey one, the Las Vegas Aces one. Shout out to my WNBA fans, and the Raiders are fixing things. The Raiders could be up next in a few. I, I think in five, six years, let them yeah. really work out the kinks. I think they have their head coach for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. Uh, prior to that, St. Louis, but when they had this, when they had a football team, um, played each other. Oh no, no, no! I read that wrong. St. Louis and Boston has have met in multiple championships across sports. They've met in the World Series, the Stanley Cup. And then the NBA Finals, because the Hawks used to play in St. Louis. And then the in the used Super to be in St. Louis? Yeah. Huh. And then in the Super Bowl with the Rams and then the Patriots. That's an, uh, look at these tidbits. Mm. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Huh. But but let's keep it pushing because knowing me and you, we can we we can we can be here all day. Let's we, we can dissect and talk about this more on the next one. Um <laughs> Going on in, I guess, throughout the world, other sports news, Kai Sinat um, inked the deal with Nike. I think he's the first streamer to get a Nike contract. Salute. Shout out to, shout out to the boy, Kai Sinat. Love it, love it, love it. Especially doing Black History Month. Let's see my Black people get to the money. And it's giving you an idea of how these sports brands are trying to parlay with, like, um... Non-sports entities. I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel like he's setting the tone. Because I feel like he's kind of in the league of his own with the streaming, in my opinion. Yeah. And and Nike sees that as well. I'm sure this is going to definitely be uh, positive for their stock. So I might have to get me some of that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um. The deals of their contract haven't been revealed, but via Complex, um, he said uh, yesterday on his stream, I would like to announce that we are officially a part of the Nike family enthusiastically. This has been a long time in in waiting. So apparently they've been working on this for a while, and he is the first streamer to make a deal. So they have something big planned for an upcoming in-real-life stream in Las Vegas. So... And he's also participating in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game for Team Shannon on February 16th. Hey! The, the Air Sonats? The AMP Air Force Ones? AMP Air Force Ones. Hmm. Honestly, I could see an Air Force One. I could see some type of apparel collab, like a Nike right, right. or something like that. Kind of right. like uh, how Drake has with uh, the Nike. 
Yeah, and the Raptors, yeah. Minocta, you know, like, because he has that, like, light blue, powder blue, uh, Nike Tech, um, those Nocta puffers and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely interesting to see. And shout out Kaisenat. Bust down Roby Avalanche with the Air Force Ones. I'm seeing it. I'm yeah. seeing <laughs> And speaking on New Deals, Inc., um, Tiger Woods launches new brand Sunday Red with TaylorMade after 27 years with Nike. So TaylorMade is a major golf uh, brand, uh, TaylorMade Golf. Uh, they sell a lot of different clubs and things of that nature. So uh, let me let me see what other information I can find. But give me your thoughts while I do that. Hey, you lose one, you get another. And sometimes the hustle, the hu- the hustle never stops. And you know, I think that's fire. Shots to Tiger Woods getting some money per use. Um, and you know, you know, Tiger Woods is launching his own little like these are like the TGF, that little golf thing he's on, the Sunday night golf or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. He's making business moves. He's a businessman, so I like it. I think it's going to be revolutionary for the for the uh, <clears throat> excuse me for the sports world, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it. Yeah, TGL. That's a TGF. TGL. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods, Rory, Mar- Rory McIlroy, and Mike McCarley will have their first season of the TGL next year. It was founded in 2022. So I think it's gonna be fire. So that's you know he's built. He's setting the foundation. So yeah. I'm sure him and uh, Red, what's it called, Sunday Red? Yeah, I feel like that's gonna be like a nice uh, pairing. Yeah. So Sunday Red is a men's apparel brand, and they're starting with golf shirts, hoodies, outerwear. And the reason he ended his partnership is because he said he feels like it's the right time in his in his life to develop his own brand. So. This is really a long-term play because, I mean, he knows he can't play golf forever. And don't get me wrong, Tiger Woods is one of the goats of golf. But everybody has to hang it up at some point. So expanding into having his own brand and pursuing that entrepreneurial venture, he's leveraging that um, name and brand awareness he has now while still being a top golf player so that he can make something and build something sustainable for his family and for future generations. So shout out. Tiger Woods. Yo, this team, so I don't know if you're familiar with TGL, because this is the this is the golf league that he's trying to cook. He's cooking, he's trying to cook up with um Roy Marco Roy and Mike McCarley. They're supposed yeah. to launch this year, but they got pushed to the next year. This sounds fire. So they got six teams, and you you have a lot of investors, Steph Curry, Iggy, Shaq, D Wade. Josh Allen, Justin, T- a lot of different investors, mm-hmm. and Arthur Blank, owner of the Falcons, he has a team. Uh, the Williams sisters have a team. Tiger Woods has a has a team. Steph Curry has a team, and the the ownership group LeBron has with the Fenway Sports, they have a team. So I'm looking forward to it. I, it's looking very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. It was another launch this year. Got pushed the next year due to some construction issues, but I think it's gonna be very fire. Oh, and uh, wait, did you mention the LA team? Yeah, the with yeah, uh, yeah. Serena and v- Venus Williams and Alexis Ohanian. Fun fact: Me and Alexis Ho- Ohanian went to the same high school, and Alexis Ohanian is the creator of uh, Reddit. I'm sorry, what? 
Hey, salute. <laughs> salute. Oh, oh, he, oh, he, oh, they're married. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serena and Alexis O'Hanian are married. Okay. Yeah, I, like, I, just thought, I just thought you were some guy. Okay. Salute. No, no, Alexis O'Hanian is the guy. Yeah, that's fire. No, he made Reddit. Yeah, that's fire. Um, but let's talk to me about Mbappe. Killian. Oh, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Oh no! Pardon me. So I'll give you what I know before I can put my notes up. You know, Killian Mbappe, one of the best soccer players of the last half decade, uh, French man. Doing his, he was doing the thing for, for PSG, and most recently, I believe he was playing for a Saudi Arabian team called. Uh, I don't know. He was offered a deal by the Saudi Pro League, mm-hmm. and it's looking like this summer he'll be no longer playing for Paris Saint Germain. So I'm sure there will be a lot of clubs being in the, being in the being in the running for his services, and one name to to keep an eye on on is Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid is able to get him. Um, Mbappe is definitely the definition of a player who is more concerned with the accolades and glory over the money, or he would have took that. What was that deal he got with Saudi Arabia? Let me see. It was something crazy. I know that much. Let me see. Kylian Mbappe. Saudi offered. He was offered... $332 $332 million. Yeah, $332 million. Oh, no, he was offered... Once you, once you factor out the fees, the net was 332 Offered Houston a $32 million fee, $776 million wage for PSG Superstar. He was essentially offered a billion-dollar contract. Yes. Because I think they'd have to pay $332 million to clear clear the fees, and then he would make $776 million. Yes. But he said no. And he's currently making $36 million a year. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough deal to refuse. He's, okay. He was essentially offered almost a billion dollars. Yeah. But at what cost? That would have been for probably a lot of years, and he, he probably loses a lot of control and decisiveness over where he gets to go. Right. Yeah. One, no, no, no. $1.1 billion for one year. Oh. He's... Mm. So the transfer the transfer fee was, three, was 332 and the salary was 776 Oh. Okay. And he could have left Real Madrid afterwards. Well, what would you do in this situation, Dan? <laughs> me personally? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A billion dollars for 12 months of service? Man, I understand. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is not the most ideal living situation, but it's a billion dollars for 12 months of service. Nobody wants to go in the wilderness, right? But if I'm going into the wilderness with food and water, it's not any food. It's 
it's chicken a la whatever mm -hmm. and water from the springs of wherever. Yeah, I'm taking the bread <laughs> and then I'm leaving. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Man, could he could have out earned every NBA player ever in a year. Yeah, I wonder what went into that decision. I guess I, I guess that's more of like a deal you make the older you get, like the way Cristiano Ronaldo's taking the, the bag in Saudi Arabia. So I get it. I understand. Yeah, but yeah. 1.1 bill? Yeah. And let's say after taxes and fees and what goes to his agents and stuff, you're left with like 500 or 400 million. You're still, yeah. You're good. You're good, bro. Very, very. <laughs> very, very. Um, Ronaldo. Oh, well, the 2034 World Cup will be in Saudi Arabia. I didn't know that. Um, Ronaldo. Uh, let's see. He joined the Al Nassar because of the because of the bread. So, yeah. Depending on where you are, you make decisions according to how you think is appropriate. Mm -hmm. He recently oh. scored his first goal. Oh, shout out to Ronaldo! First goal in the one zero victory against Al Nassar, and I mean against Al Fat. Beha. Hmm. Okay. Hey, shout out Ronaldo. Shout out Ronaldo. But before we close out, talk to me about what's going on in Perth, Australia. Perth. Yes, 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 yes. As y'all know, I like my wrestling. And the, the Elimination Chamber will be the... That's the Can you explain what that is? Yes. So the Elimination Chamber is a... It's an event based off of a name of a match type in the World Wrestling Entertainment Business. I think it was nicknamed the Devil's Playground because it's a very seriously, physically demanding place to, to fight. It's a chain it's a chain link structure. Um let me get the metrics. But yes, you will have four pods and six six participants in total. Um let me get the measurements. It was founded in 2002, created by Triple H. It is steel enclosing the ring, and the floor is platformed. Yeah, it's a very serious fight. Um, 16 by 36 in diameter, 10 tons of steel, and it's been the annual staple in wrestling since 2010. So they're taking it to, to Perth. Because, you know, the WWE has started to expand in its uh, international pay-per-views, premium live events. They've been in Saudi Arabia. I think most recently they were in... Dang, this is, I'm skipping it. But, yeah, you, they've done a lot in Saudi Arabia and in other countries. They'll be in France, they'll be in France following this uh, Australia event. So, yeah, world tour, literally. Okay, I'm I'm not too tapped into the wrestling circuit, but that's interesting. Uh, where can where can uh people check that out, or is that not starting this year? It will be next Saturday, February twenty fourth. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be on Peacock, and they'll be available on pay per view. So okay, uh, start time for you, for, for Start time for you, East Coast gentlemen. 
and ladies like myself. I'm like, EST. EST, the start time is the 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh. So I'll catch I'll catch it on YouTube when I wake up. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me know where the recording is. I'd like to check yeah. that out too. Yeah. But if you're in Australia, it's at it's at 8 30 p.m. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, this is a this is a good pop, man. Um absolutely. Oh shoot. Absolutely. Um but yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the Fever Pitch podcast. Um I think we gave you guys a few interesting tidbits and let us know how we're doing. Uh, we're, we'd like to improve this podcast for you guys. Our goal is to really democratize um, sports commentary and entertainment. Dan comes with the an analysis and the facts and I come with the hot takes. But all in all, I think that what we want to really hear from is you guys. We want to include more of your guys' takes and uh, we want to have you guys on the podcast. So let us know. Um, in the future, we definitely like to do like call-ins and things like that. But uh, as we're getting started up, uh, follow us on Instagram to stay up to tune at Fever Pitch Pod. Check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at the Fever Pitch Podcast. And we're on YouTube as well for the visuals. Um, so you can see Dan's lovely face, you know. <laughs> I made a new year's resolution. I made a new year's resolution for for this podcast. I'm watching baseball and hockey this year. I'm gonna do it. Hockey oh, started. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the playoffs, mm -hmm. and then eventually I will cover baseball and hockey. Okay. Right. This time next year, I'll be covering baseball and hockey on this on this podcast. In okay, bet. Okay, bet. Yeah. But, yeah, let us know how we're doing. Leave a five-star review on the platforms. It's good for the analytics. And um, follow us on – subscribe to us on YouTube if you aren't already. But, yeah. as always, I'm Brian. I'm Dan. Thank you guys for listening to the Fever Pitch Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Take care. God bless.